Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Gallagher Chots YouTube channel. My name is Matthew and thank you for being here for a very, very, very long overdue episode of Beyond the Lines. It's the show where we get an opposition supporters view when it comes to previewing Newcastle's next game. And this Saturday at three o'clock, Newcastle travel to Craven Cottage for the first time in a couple of seasons as they play newly promoted Fulham and here to help me. Uh, preview this one. I'm joined by, by a very special guest. Uh, you'll see him travelling up and down the country supporting um, Fulham, travelling all over the place supporting England and also doing a bit with the Glasgow Rangers as well. He is representative of the Fulhamish podcast. It is Mr Dom Betts, ladies and gentlemen. How are you doing, sir? Very good, mate. Just got back from Italy and getting back to Premier League matters until the World Cup in about six, seven weeks' time. We did have a little bit of a chat before we, we pressed record. Obviously, you, you go all over uh, following England. Um, much hope for, for this weird World Cup in the summer, in the summer, in the I, winter. I shouldn't, but with Southgate's record, I've lost two tournaments. It will probably somehow stick, pull something out of the bag and end up getting through. But I mean, no, that, I'm not, I haven't got big hopes like I did for the last Euros. But I mean, as long I think the main, the, I think the main thing is just just get out the group to start off with, and then we can start start thinking from there. <laughs> but that's that's all I'm thinking of at the moment. It's a tough old group. It's a tough old group. I mean, plenty of banana skins. Even you know, Iran are playing good football, but them that them them fixtures against Wales and and, and the USA are, are pretty tricky fixtures. Yeah, they're two teams who are definitely going to want to beat us as well. So it's uh, they're going to make some very interesting fixtures. Thankfully, not like a a game where there's sort of nothing in between the two group stage teams. Like if you're playing like I know like a Czech Republic or a yeah. Switzerland or something. At least there is some animosity between the sort of two fans, even though it's sort of friendly rivalry. Well, it should make for, for good watching and we're all looking forward to it, I guess. But you're here to talk about Fulham. Uh, Fulham, you know, made a very good start or a very solid start of the season. Sitting sixth in a quite embryonic Premier League table. Three wins, two draws, two losses. How are you enjoying it being back in the Premier League so far? Well, yeah, for once, we've actually started the season well. I mean, you know, when we've come up the previous sort of two times, 
we had a terrible start to the season and we, and we were playing catch up for the rest of it. Um, that, that, that's, that was the biggest issue. This is at least given us a basis to sort of go on from the season. I'm, we're not saying we're going to get, we're going to finish in the top half of the table, but it's just giving you that, that sort of platform to go on from there because usually we'll have like three points after about six games and we get, we're in the bottom three and it's just, that's where we're going to be for the rest of the season. But I said, it's actually the best start we've had to a Premier League season. Even when we were sort of company finishing mid-table, we wouldn't start the season well. I think it's our best start of the season since 08-09 we finished seventh. Wow. I can't see that happening this season, but um, it's good to have that start. Good to see Mitrovic firing. Good to see the new signings such as Jao Polina, Andreas Pereira uh, getting off to a good start as well. And I think it, it's, it's a lot of it's down to the manager, Marco Silva, but also getting some of these transfers in early. Well, we'll certainly come on to a certain Serbian later on. Um, but I mean, you've sort of been tarnished as the, one of the your your teams in the last five, six seasons. Do, and you've sort of answered my question there, but does the start of this season feel different? Does it feel like not just because you've got that foundation, but is it because of Marco Silva and the players he's brought in that you feel you're quite confident in comfortably staying up this season? Yeah, I think so. I think it's the most confident a Fulham has been of staying up in in recent times. Obviously, we had the 13 year stint in the Premier League where where a lot of our, a lot of the Fulham fans who were sort of in their 20s and early 30s would were, were, were used to Fulham being in the Premier League. Um, and we haven't we haven't really been a yo-yo team really in our entire existence until the last five years. I've been yeah. at the bottom of the football league or be, or been or been, been in the Championship or the top division. So yeah, it's it. We're hoping this is finally the end of the period. And we can sort of build on from this. Sort of what you know, you've seen what Brighton have done, we've seen what, see what Crystal Palace have done, obviously, we've seen what Leicester did, obviously, they won the title, but I mean, staying in the Premier League for a sustained period of time, and that's that's what we need to do, really. You know, we've got the financial backing, we're, we're in a lovely area of the country where we can attract players if we were, say, in the Midlands or something. I don't think we could necessarily attract some of the players that we could, but because of our location being in London and being in an African area of London as well, we're able to attract decent players. I don't think if I don't think Bournemouth could attract Jao Polina to the squad. Marcus Silva obviously had a hand in that as well. But yeah, I think things just do seem different. There seems to be a bit more organisation this time round. where last couple of times it, it, it hasn't seemed to have been that. I think, you know, we sort of, you know, in the opening games, we sort of been sent down to earth a lot of the time and that's hit the confidence. But when you're getting a draw against Liverpool on the opening day, that just sets you up for a good start to the season. And we sort of continue that on. You know, the only two defeats have come away to Arsenal and away to Spurs. So obviously, you know, two of the teams who are looking to finishing in the top four and even in their in their teams and fans eyes maybe even push for a t- push for the title so yeah I really do think this start of the season it does feel different and it is just great to have that sort of platform to build on for the rest of the season it certainly is I mean yeah th- three wins two draws it's really nothing to be sniffed at whoever you've got them against um you've obviously beat the likes of Brighton who have who've, uh, made another solid start who we were happy to get a point with against uh, at the Amex um, before we move on to the game and, and particular players, um, obviously you've mentioned Fulham, the area, the attraction of the players. Um, you've obviously got that new stand um, getting built. Um, the project's there, but I mean, Dom, I'm a self-confessed fan of professional wrestling, the, the beautiful art of professional wrestling. Obviously, you've got Shahid Khan as your owner and a certain Mr. Tony Khan as your vice president and director of, of, of like football and football relations and all that stuff. I've seen a couple of tweets in the past. He's obviously got his fingers in a lot of pies. Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, he's got this AEW wrestling. As a, you know, a loyal fan to Fulham and, and being part of the fan base that you are, like, do you ever feel like his attentions are normally elsewhere and Fulham's an afterthought? Or do you feel like he still really has Fulham, best interests of Fulham is at the forefront of his mind? I said, Tony Khan's always a weird one to Fulham fans. I think he massively just splits opinion. You either 
well, I wouldn't say you either don't mind him or you just or you massively dislike him. Um, <laughs> I think I personally think and I don't I don't know if it's true, but I just feel like he had he had less he had less to do with this transfer window. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more signings that because in previous windows, I think he and his recruitment team have been, oh, we'll sign this player, this player, this player. But I think under Marco Silva, he's had a lot more say in the transfers. I think he's definitely taken a back view in the last transfer window. He's still going to have a part to play, obviously. Uh, yeah. But I don't think it's been as influential, especially as, you know, how much how much work he's doing with AEW. So, yeah. but, you know, Shay Khan is dad. I feel, I think he, you, I can't complain. They put money into the club. You can't say mm-hmm. they haven't invested. It's just, I think putting Tony Khan in charge of it and then a lot of the things he was in charge, he wasn't making necessarily the right decisions. But I think because he's got so many things in so many pies now, I think he's maybe taking a backseat view and he's allowing the people who are based in London, like our, you know, our CEOs and our directors and, you know, head 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 analysts, head recruiters to allow to do the business. And I think taking that backward step, but still doing his role, I think has sort of been the, the best blend. And I think that's why this start of the season has been so much better than usual. So perhaps perhaps the the more busy he gets with the likes of AW and and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously they've always had that Jacksonville before they got um Fulham, but maybe it's a blessing in disguise with the fact that he's let football people do the football things. Yeah, definitely. And also think the start of the season has also taken a lot of pressure off him. Because if, if it was a bad start of the season again, everyone will be talking about Tony Khan, you're useless, what get out of the yeah. job, get someone in who's, who knows football and things like that. So I think when, when Fulham are doing badly, a lot of the blame will just automatically go to Tony Khan, even though it's prob- a lot of times it might not be to do with him. But yeah, he, he does split opinion in the fan base. But at the moment, because we're doing well, he isn't really getting too much stick off uh, the Fulham fans. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine, like, you know, it's it's he's quite a, not an easy target. That's probably the wrong, an accessible target's probably what I would like to say. I Especially mean, just how outspoken he has been on Twitter previously. Exactly, and, exactly. And I think he's really, t- well, I think he does a lot of his social media posting in regard to the wrestling. He's, he leaves it quite blank when it comes to football now, which I think is a good thing because he, he'd come out and say things. He was like, mate, just shut up. Like, just, you're not yeah. doing yourself any favours here. Um, I think he'll have he'll say like he'll have like a comment on the website talking about a player we signed and things like that. But mm-hmm. there'd be times where he'd be announcing a signing before the club have officially done it. And yeah. I think I think him just toning it down and probably focusing on AEW more has, has actually just helped the progress of the club this season. So moving on, uh, Saturday's game, um, Alexander Mitrovic. We've got to talk about him. Obviously, former Newcastle, now Fulham, um, being there for a good long while now. Very much, uh, would you say, a legend in the making at Fulham, or already, you know, a legend? Yeah, de- he's definitely already. I mean, I think, I think he's he's got hundred, he's got hundred goals for the club. Great. Um, you know, he just got his fiftieth goal for Serbia in the week. Like, if we Fulham fans know his his ability because mm-hmm. we've we've seen it, and we knew under last season when they said, oh, he only scored three or four goals, whatever. It was that's because Scott Parker wasn't really playing him. He wasn't fitting the system. And, you know, when he was top goal scorer under Scott Parker, the season we went up under him, I think he was scoring those goals, not down to Parker, but in spite of Parker, he could just because of his quality. We saw under Marco Silva last season, him scoring 43 goals and breaking, you know, the championship record and things like that. I think it's just about giving him the service. And if you build a team around his strengths, he's going to score goals like we've seen at the start of the season. Serbia do it. That's why he's got 50 international goals in, I think, like 76, 80 games. Absolutely, I did not know that at all. Yeah, I did abs- not know ab- that. Abs- abs- absolutely mental. I think he got he scored like five for Serbia this international break, which is is, is, is absolutely mental. Um, the joke last night was obviously he was playing Norway, so you know, so, oh, he was going to score more him or Haaland tonight. But no, I think it's just great to see that all the Fulham fans pre-season were saying 
all the pundits and the media people and number of opposition fans saying, oh, Mitrovic, is he just one of those players who's sort of in between the championship and the Premier League? We're like, no, we, he's definitely got the ability. We know he can do it. It's just about having a team that's built around him to do that. And we've seen it at the start of this season. You know, we've seen him, you know, he scored two against Liverpool, scored against Brentford. You know, I think he scored, he scored pretty much nearly all our goals until that Nottingham Forest game. I think it's the first time we've scored a goal in a game and he hasn't been someone on the score sheet, but he still had a big part to play in his hold-up play and getting the balls into the channel. So I think we finally built a team in the Premier League built to his strengths. And I think that's why he's had such a strong start to the season. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly one that as soon as he starts scoring goals again, you will constantly hear certain parts of our fan base saying we should have kept him all those years ago. Now, for me, I'm very much of the opposite. I'm not saying I wouldn't take him now or anything. and I don't doubt his quality anymore at all. But um, I think he certainly was a bit hit and miss for us. And uh, do you feel that maybe? I mean, he, when you had the first, we we loaned him to you in the in the championship, I believe, and then you got promoted and you bought him. Is that correct? Yeah. So I think yeah, it was it was January 2018. Uh, then, then he came in. I think he scored like 12 goals in like 16, 17 games or yeah. something. And, and I think the, a big, a big, a big yeah. And then we signed him on a panel in the summer. And a big part of that was our manager at the time was Slavica Kanovic. A mm-hmm. fellow ex-partisan Belgrade, a former Yugoslavia Serbian man. I think that really mm-hmm. helped him settle in, and he found really settled. Then under Ranieri and Park, I don't think he really felt settled. And then, but then I think Marco Silva has really sort of put his arm around in. I think that's what Mitrovic needs. I think he just needs to feel loved wherever he is, and then perform to his best. But do you not think also that the seasons in the Championship, especially the one last season where you just tore the league to bits, have sort of culminated in the start of the season he's having now. I know he's always shown his quality in terms of his finishing, but his all-round play, I just feel like he looks different this season. He looks a different animal. I know you've probably you've watched him week in, week out, but I always my only argument to Newcastle fans saying we should have kept all of them was that he's managed he's got he's had two and a half seasons of the championship interspersed with Premier League football with you guys. I know he's went through a few managers and you've said that he didn't exactly gel with them but do you not think that that championship football has really sort of brought its quality to the forefront helped him develop because he was still young when yeah. he came to you guys um so yeah do you not think that it, it sort of hindsight's 2020 for newcastle fans to say that but you've had him now for what five and a half seasons yeah i think for newcastle i don't think he would be at what he is now if you kept him the entire time mm-hmm. I, I think i think he would have had to have if you were to have him, you wouldn't probably go somewhere, then come back, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If you if you were to have him, because I think if you look, at, even if you look at it, sort of the way he's playing and his, even his body shape, really, I think under Parker you could tell he wasn't that interested in staying fit and things like that. Whereas I think now you can see. I'm not saying he's lean; he's a very big bloke, but he's yeah. he's not he's not sluggish. I mm-hmm. think it's probably the best way to describe. Him. He does he does get around the pitch, and he is always you know getting into the channels, holding the ball up, and looking for players to play sort of a ball in so he can get into the box and stuff. So I think I think he's just adapted his game to to the way Marco Silva wants to play, and that's clearly suiting the way he does. I mean, as you said, if you look at Serbia, he's always getting the service out wide. He's always getting players in behind him. So I think. Mitrich, as I said, I think he just needs a manager who knows his strengths, like really knows his strengths, knows how to build a team around him. And I think because the manager at the time would have been Rafa, I want to, I want to say, yeah, when, when, when Rafa let him go. Yeah, and I don't, I just don't think Rafa was the type of manager to really get the best out of him. But, mm. but a bit like us with Ranieri and Parker. So I feel like yeah, he just he needs to be as we know the qualities there, but he needs to be in a situation where he he feels happy and he feels comfortable, and that isn't going to work for certain certain teams and certain in, in under certain managers. He actually doesn't have. I'm, I'm, I'm going to really sort of jinx us here. My first question was, is he going to score on Saturday? But his, his actual 
record against Newcastle since joining you guys in terms of like results hasn't been great. I think I don't think he's won against Newcastle yet. Is Saturday going to be the day? Well, I hope so. I mean, because if, 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 if I remember, remember results, there was the nil-nil in eighteen nineteen, I believe, at St James's Park. I think that was near Christmas time. I remember it just being an absolutely terrible, game, yeah. <laughs> terrible game yeah. of football. Uh-huh. Then on the last day, I think you beat us like four nil. I think yeah. we're already down. Um, and then, yeah, then I think uh, the away game was. I think it was a draw. I think you. I think Callum Wilson scored uh, when he, and he closed up for you. And then yeah, he got. I think you battered us at home again last uh, the last time. I think it was like I think the it was last two, two nil. I think. Yeah, well, um, I said I, I know there haven't been good results, but I'm, I'm hoping it changes because you know if actually if, you, if you if you're looking at the two teams at the moment, we're weirdly enough the form team going into yeah, this yeah. game and and Mitrich on especially after the international break he's had, he's uh, he's going to be wanting to break the duck and you know we finally made Craven Cottage sort of more of a fortress again, like we had it uh, in sort of the you know early 2010s really. So. Yeah, I'm, I th- I'm hoping he can get on the score sheet. I think he, he'll want to score against Newcastle, just sort of get that monkey off his back. Yeah. Um, just, just I don't think he's, he's uh, he wants to beat Newcastle like that. I just think he wants to get that goal uh, against his former team and and, th- and things like that, really. So I'm hoping it is going to be the final time he gets on it because, you know, our record against Newcastle in recent scenes while we've been sort of going up and down to the Premier League Championship hasn't been great, especially at Craven Cottage. I think we've probably actually been getting the better results at <laughs> yeah. St. James's Park. So hopefully... No, I'm, I'm, I've, I'm, I remember a few, a few big wins against Newcastle uh, back in when back in the Premier League. I remember a weird five-two. I think where you were leading at half-time. Yeah, that was the season we finished fifth. Funny enough, that was like when we had the Benafas and the Denver Bars of the world, and we were winning. Yeah, Guthrie scored an absolute worldie, and then you, just, I think Clint Dempsey must did he yeah, score a hat trick? Yeah, I think Clint Dempsey got a second half hat trick because at half-time we were like, this is terrible, and then we sort of turned on in the second half. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying we're going to win five-two, but I think. Look, if considering our home record this season, um, I'm beating at the moment still. So, yeah, hopefully we can continue that run going going into Saturday. I'm certainly not looking forward to it, but I very rarely look forward to Newcastle games anyway. Um, but uh, one player that's just popped into my head, and I don't know if he's played that much for you guys. I know he's, he assisted one Mitrovic goal. Is Kevin Mbabu? Um, he was a player, obviously former Newcastle. Again, another one that Rafa let go when we went down. Whether or not. He wanted to leave because he did end up going back to his native Switzerland before signing for Wolfsburg and now Fulham. Uh, he did play quite well, played in the Champions League. Have you seen much of him, Dom? Have, have, you, have you liked what you saw? I said it's only, it's only been bit parts. I think he the assist you're talking about was the winner against Brentford, so mm-hmm. he's going to go down one for just for just doing that. But you know, he came on uh, away to Spurs and he had a bit of a mare, but that's because I think he was he, Rob, Anthony Robinson got injured and he was put on the left hand side and he was clearly couldn't use his left foot so he was getting pretty dominated down that side so we haven't really seen too much of him I think he played in the League Cup lost to Crawley but everyone played about one out of ten in that game so it's not really much to go for we haven't seen too much of him but that's got because I'm um, um, our up back Kenny Teto has had a great start to the season and we haven't needed to use him badly yet but we've, he's had a few substitute appearances coming on but yeah we haven't seen too much of him yet uh he had a I said, that poor game against uh, Spurs, but I said that's probably the worst we played all season that game anyway. So I think yeah, he did a great, great whip into the box for Dimitrich Hedder. So hopefully, I don't, I don't see him as a starter for us. I see him as someone we can bring on for Tete if he, if he needs to, because you know Tete, you know, uh, get is a sort of player who's been in around the Netherlands squad the last few years. So mm-hmm. you haven't seen too much of him, but I, I'm, we needed a backup right back, and I'm, I'm not against the idea of having him as a backup option. I wouldn't really have him as our starter though. Fair play. I mean, he's a player that I mean I would have had back at Newcastle. To be honest, um, I've, I've sort of just just one of those players that you've seen every now and then on a Tuesday, Wednesday night in the Champions League, whether that be for young boys or, or um, you've seen him play for Wolfsburg or 
play for um, the Swiss, Swiss Nationals team. But um, yeah, um, I'm, I'll be definitely keeping a keen eye on how his progression is at Fulham. Um, moving on to the game then, um, how do you see it going? I mean, what's your thoughts? I know you've said you're the form team going into it. Fulham, uh, Craven Cottage is a bit more of a fortress now. But from the outside looking in, from a, from a Fulham fan's perspective, what's your thoughts on, on Newcastle? So I think if Newcastle are going to do well in this game, they need to do well early on because that's that's what, what that's what Fulham have been taking advantage advantage of in the in, in the in, in the games at home. We might not have scored in the opening periods, but we've been hitting the oppositions, attacking them from the off, and getting into them, and that sort of worried them a bit. And I think a, a lot of teams haven't expected that. Liverpool definitely didn't expect expect that. Brentford didn't expect that. Um, it wasn't quite the same as Brighton, but especially those Brentford, those Brentford and Liverpool games, we were straight at the teams from the off. So I think it's Newcastle can't have a sluggish start because they could find themselves, you know, one, even two goals down if we really hit our stride, like we did against Brentford in the opening sort of half an hour mm-hmm. of the game when we were tuning up already. So I think it really is about how Newcastle approach the game in, in, this, in the opening half an hour. If, if they can, if, if you can take us into half time, nil nil, for example, I think then you guys could definitely hit, hit us in the second half. And because you always seem to have this lull sort of let last sort of 10 minutes going into half time and then the first 10 minutes after. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can, if you can, if you can then sort of attack us from there and, and if you get, if you get an early goal, cause we haven't, we've only had to come from, we've only come from behind to win a game once all season. And that was the game against Forest last week. where We put three past them in five minutes. And it's also not in Forest who I feel like aren't the best defensively. I considered six goals to us. Yeah. Is that the, is that the second time they've done that? That's this season. Wasn't yeah. It? So, Bournemouth, so Bournemouth as well. Bournemouth, they were tuned up and lost three, two, asked their one nil up and ended up losing three, two in the end. So yeah, I think it is about stopping us early because we, that is what we've been doing. And I think if you can do that and it gets into halftime, nil, nil. And I think it is the longer you guys keep it nil, nil, the more likely I think you guys would probably go on to win the game. Cause we've always sort of, Tried to get an early goal in either half, and we've when we've when we've been playing at home, and we have done that. But I think, yeah, as it it's interesting, it's interesting to see how you deal with Mitrovic. Uh, a positive for you guys is Jao Polina will not be playing because he picked up someone picked up his fifth yellow card of the season already, um, in against against Nottingham Forest. Um, so he will, he's probably been our best midfielder of the season, hitting right in front of the back four. So if you can dominate the midfield, you're going to have a good chance because it's going to be a midfield three. You probably haven't played together in the Premier League this season so far. So if you can win the midfield battle, um, I'm not sure what the situation is with all your injuries at the moment. but um, It's, it's topsy-turvy, yeah. Uh, but I think, yeah, the midfield battle is probably going to be a deciding factor in this game just because the injury to Jalpalina for us, he's been so key. Um, he's he got, he got his second goal of the season against Forrest, a good goal from outside the box, but he's been so pivotal in that position just behind, just in front of the back four. Been interesting just how we change things, like we could move Harrison Reed back and he hasn't played that position in the Premier League yet this season. And then we'd have maybe Andreas Pereira and Sam Kearney ahead of him. So yeah, I think the midfield battle is going to be the key in this game, just because it's going to be a bit different for us. But then with your injuries, it's going to be, you don't know who's been playing in midfield for you guys either. I think, I think um, the, the, the latest news, it, it just, it was crazy. As soon as the, the international break started, um, there was uh, our Record signing Isaac. He won't be playing. Um, he he's picked up a knock. Going to be out for a couple of weeks. Then there was rumours Gimaresh is it, it hurt himself again after just coming back. But apparently, them fears have been allayed. Um, he's going to hopefully start. So you'll probably see him, Willick, and Joel Linton um, in the midfield. But uh, you know the likes of um, Saint Maximin. I think you'll just see him start on the bench. And I think there's a good chance Callum Wilson's going to start, um, which is. Welcome news, given that apparently Chris Wood picked up a rib injury. I know he hasn't been firing them in for Newcastle, but you want square pegs and square holes and to have Isak and Chris Wood go down. It was just 
classic international break syndrome. But I mean, it happens with most clubs. So, but I, I, th- I think hopefully we've got most of our squad together. Um, in terms of you, you, defence-wise, I mean, you've, you've conceded a few goals. I mean, you've kept a couple of clean sheets. I think you kept one away at uh, Wolves. Um, but do you, are you happy with the defence side of things or do you think you're quite susceptible? I think we are. We, we are We are able to, you're able to get us at the back. Our issue in previous scenes is we haven't been able to put the ball in at the other side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we've been able to do that this season. So it's not. we're not a team who's going to play out for a nil-nil. Like I can, I can, I can guarantee you there's always going to be goals in games when it comes to Fulham. Like we, we're not, we don't, we don't look like a team who's going to keep clean sheets. Because if you look at our defence, there isn't anyone apart from Leno and Gold. There isn't anyone new from the Championship season. You know, the main, no. the main back, back five, including the keeper, has been Kenny Tete at right back who we had last season. Uh, Tossin and Reem at the back. Reem's actually probably been the better centre half of the two, and everyone's sort of worried about him because in previous seasons he's looked out of his depth. How long's he been there, Dom? So Tim Reem signed for us, I think. In sort of 2015, 2016-ish times, and then he's been there forever. He's American, isn't he? American, yeah, guy. American, yeah, he's, yeah. He's late, he's late thirties, but he's he, you know, he played left back against Forest somehow, and we, we saw him keeping the ball in the corner in the last sort of five minutes. I was like, what, what, what am I watching? But you know, so we have looked successful at the back, especially Tossin. Even though we we thought Tossin would be the better centre half, um, but yeah, that's been our. We had Anthony Robinson. I assume he'll be back fit. Um, for the game because I don't think he travelled away with the the American team for the international break. So then Leno and Goal has been a great signing. Obviously, you know everyone knows what Leno's quality Good is. Sign, yeah. Um, he, you know he's, he's definitely a top ten Premier League goalkeeper. So mm-hmm. he's, he's 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 been solid in that, keeping us in a lot of games as well. Uh, obviously, defensive wise, we did sign um Issa Diop from West Ham, but he's only had sort of bit parts to play. He came on as a substitute in a few games because you know. The, the back four has been fine. Yes, we conceded a few goals, but I don't think it's a deal would have necessarily stopped a lot of that. So I think it is, yeah, putting our defence under pressure, really, make it, forcing them into making mistakes as, as opposed to try to create chance. I think that our defence is susceptible to, you know, getting in behind our fullbacks, maybe, or uh-huh. pressuring Tossin or Timbering when they're on the ball. I think mm-hmm. it is you, our defence is there to be got at, and that's why I do think most of our games this season will be high scoring because... Yes, we can score. We've got players who can put the ball in the back of the net. Obviously, Mitrovic. Uh, we're going to have Harry Wilson coming back into the team soon. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but it's, it's going to be basically one. But I still think it's going to be one loss by that midfield battle just because the teams are going to have different midfields to what they would like to and what they've been used to this season. I mean, speaking about Tim Ream, one of my favourite memories. What's well, her favourite memories? It was a bittersweet moment. Uh, it was when John, you guys beat us. 3-1. And he took the ball off Sessegnon. Like yeah, for his 16, trick, yeah. 16 year old Ryan Sessegnon, half empty St. James's Park. I think even the people who were left were thought, well, it's pretty cool. We're going to see a 16 year old left back score a hat trick. Um, I say pretty cool. I mean, I, I'd rather it didn't happen. But Tim Ream takes the ball off him. I think he put it wide. Yeah, was, it was, like, we were we already had to the way in is the other side of the pitch. And we see someone picking the ball up. We're like, who's that? Is that, is that, is that <laughs> Tim Ream picking up the ball to take the penalty off? The six-year-old Brian Sesson, who's on a hat trick, and then even after that, I was like, surely there's like another attacking player on the pitch. I don't know if it was like they didn't want a sixteen-year-old to score a hat trick. I, I I had no idea what was going on, but yeah, that game was that game. That game was one of my favourite actually domestic away games I've probably done with Fulham because at the time, you know, you guys were top of the table. We were sort of getting into our stride, getting into sort of our, our push for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We weren't like in the top six. I don't think at the time. If not, we were just outside. Hammered yeah. us. Tom Kearney we, had the game of his life. Yeah, as well scored, as an absolute, scored an absolute screamer. Then Session scores two. 
Ben, I think it was Darren Murphy put the ball in scored the back a lovely of the goal. Scored yeah, a lovely goal. Yeah, the edge of the box and yeah, span round. And, great goal. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I, I remember that, and I was like, "What, what, what's going on?" Here? <laughs> but um, hopefully, it's not the same on Saturday. But that's what I'm going to have to pressure you for, mate. What is your prediction? What you? I know, you, I know you've said it's, it's going to be won and lost in the midfield, and depending on how you start and how we deal with you, and if we can maybe press you, we get some joy, which we are trying to do. And Eddie, Eddie Howe. Um, well, what's your good feeling? What, what you're going for in terms of a score prediction? So I've been thinking about this actually quite a lot, sort of over the international break, like because it's weird because the start of the season so far has been been great, but we haven't really had any pressure. And we have this sort of run of games now. We're like, actually, look at these games. We we can probably need to, looking to get some points here. So, <laughs> I mean, I I don't think we'll win the game. I think it will be a draw. I'm going to go with a, a two-two. I think it will be a score draw, especially the amount of games you guys have have drawn this season. Yeah, I think draw um, matches. But I, I said I don't think it's beyond us winning the game. I just I just think, especially with, you know, I think you guys now sort of need to kick on between now and the World Cup because especially mm-hmm. as you've only won one game all season. So, but I do think it's just going to be another draw, and that's probably not what Newcastle fans want. <laughs> but um, nah, yeah, nah. I think I, I think uh, I think a two-two a high-scoring draw is what I'll go with. Well, you've read my mind because that's what exactly what I'm going to go for. Um, it's a funny old one, Dom, because at the end of the day, it, it depends how you look at it. There's been a couple of games now: Bournemouth at home, one-one, and. Palace at home, nil-nil. Had our chances to win it in both. Uh, didn't play particularly well, but then the other performances, we've played good to very well. You know, the City 3-3, um, going away to Brighton and keeping a clean sheet when we didn't play particularly well, but we were defensively very good. Nick Pope was great. Um, rescuing a point at Wolves, I don't want to go through every single game, but it feels like even some of the draws had the credits and I mean, we, we kind of got robbed away at Liverpool, um, the 2-1, but played very well. So, Arsenal is playing, again, good, playing well, but we're up against a very informed team, at, uh, you know, who are playing good football. You've got likes of Alexander Mitrovic. And like you've just said, I think we're not similar, but I think we're going to score goals and you're going to score goals, but we're both, you know, we're going to concede. So, it's, it's I think it's going to be 2-2 as well. Um, again, I, I hope, I pray we can get our first win. But I think you can make sort of um, points for either side winning it. It's just because of that, I think it'll cancel each other out. And I think we'll see what happens. I think if we score the first goal, like you said, we'll, we have a chance. I think that's the only way we're really going to get three points to scoring first. If not, it'll be a case of a rescue job to try and get a, a point again. Yeah, I think you're right. I think one thing that Marcus Silva's done really good at Fulham is we've we've become really good at seeing out games. We don't really concede too many late winners or late equalisers against us. Mm-hmm. So I think, as you said, if you are to get a good result in this game, I think you going ahead first and going into that sort of last third of the game in the lead is is what is what's quite important. Because if, we're, if we are, like to say, 2-1 up going into the last five minutes, yes, Fulham fans are going to be nervous, but not nervous who've been under previous managers. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, against Brighton and against Forest, for example, I wasn't, I wasn't really that nervous that we're going to concede late on because we have been so good at seeing out games so it yeah i think especially if you guys if you want to get the three points i think getting that first goal will be vitally important well you had here first two two it's going to be two two hopefully i'm wrong but uh dom thank you very much for coming on mate all the best in your travels obviously we may speak again after the winter are you are you going to qatar I am going to Qatar. I obviously don't know how long I'm going for yet because it's whether I wait till England gets knocked out. But <laughs> well, hopefully you're there for a, the the, mo- the maximum amount of time. I hope you're there for a long time. But just safe travels. All the best. Um, I'm sure you might bump into with some uh, some jolly boys over there. So yeah, have a good time. Uh, cheers for coming on and uh, take care of yourself. Been a pleasure, mate.
to everyone else, thank you very much for watching this long overdue episode of Beyond the Lines. There's going to be more and more as the season goes on. Maybe not one every week, but I'm going to be trying my best to get these pushed out as much as I can. Please like the video, share the video, comment down below what you think is going to happen this Saturday. And as always, if you haven't already, subscribe to the Gallagher Shots YouTube channel. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.